0: minute hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Monday is is upon us again.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Absolutely. It's the 112th episode (laughs) of the 30-minute hour. You know, Ted, so so we always say this is not your everyday podcast. No. We always say that. But truly, today, they're going to find out, right? Because we actually have somebody who's not your everyday guest. That's right. So, So when you combine... Not your everyday guest with not your everyday podcast. It's it's going to be a not your everyday experience. I mean, it was you're not. It was a not your everyday backstage appearance. Oh yeah,
2: there was a lot of arguing. I just want people full disclosure. I, I thank God I was here to mediate between these two. <laughs> We had a, a shiny head off. We had an aged, we had just all kinds of conversations. Uh, it, we personally developed ourselves during that uh, well, pre show.
1: Snitches, uh, snitchy, snitching, Eric. <laughs> now I know what they say about snitches. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I tell you.
2: I live oh, by man. the motto tell the truth and tell the truth quickly. So here we go. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: So, so again, it's not your everyday podcast. You can catch us. If you want to watch us live, you can always watch us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. But if you want to listen to the recording, you can check out Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else you like to get your podcasts. So I want to talk to you about the What Now Movement. Once again, today is Marketing Monday. So make sure you go to the What Now Movement Facebook group and put your promotional link. You can share your promotional link and we can check your business out. We can help help promote your business, share it, and all that great stuff. But we can't promote what we don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) They never talk about my business. (laughs) That's because we don't know what your business is. So you need to share it in the What Now Movement Facebook group. And you can't share it in the group if you're not a member of the movement. Join the movement, it's free. Who knew? Hit hit the join button, I promise to let you in.
2: He let Uh, me in, so I believe he'll let anybody (laughs) in. Anybody can be in there.
0: That's right. That's right. So again, make sure you join the What Now Movement and also don't forget to share this episode. Our goal when we do these episodes we, we want to make sure you laugh, you learn and ultimately you level up. And don't and at the it. end of the day if you feel like you've accomplished those things, make sure you share the show. Don't don't keep don't keep our guest Jane to yourself. Don't you be stingy. Yourself. Don't be stingy, share. Share the exactly. show. Exactly. So make sure you share the show. We'll, we'll remind you again uh, before we sign off for the evening. So Ted. Yes, Eric. Well, before I go there, shout out. <laughs> it is a switched it the. Yeah, right. I, switch it up. I, I do want to sh- give a shout out to the people watching us on Instagram. Uh, we have the 30 minute hour page on Instagram, on IGTV. So shout out to those of you. I'm going to give you a wave right now. Shout out to those of you who are watching me on Instagram we broadcast live there as well. Didn't want to leave you out. Okay, Ted? Yes, Eric.
2: He's, got got something. Something. He's not going with it. He's going to trick you again. Be careful. <laughs> like psych.
0: Okay. Oh, boy. I've got something that's on my mind.
2: Please share, Eric.
0: So today, I want to talk to you about how to transform your message to money.
1: Mm.
0: That's right. How to transform your message to money. And I, I saw this interview with the former Ohio State University running back Ezekiel Elliott. He's now with the Dallas Cowboys. That's a team we don't talk about on the show. But yeah, but, but I, I saw this interview. And he was coming when it was he was coming out of high school. He was the top college football prospect in the nation. He had over forty Division One schools, mm. who were vying for his services. So, so during the interview, the reporter asked him why he chose Ohio State when he had forty, yeah, thirty-nine other options he could have chosen from. And so, according to Elliot, it all came down to his encounter with the head coach, Urban Meyer. So he recalled his first visit on campus. He met the coach in his office, and they shook hands. And before the star running back could take his seat, Myers surprised him with the following question. He says, so Ezekiel, when we're on the victory stage and I'm handing you the national championship trophy, what will you do next? Mm. That's how he starts the meeting. He says, hey, mm. what are you going to do when I'm handing you this trophy? Mm. And so Elliot's like, "Uh, I guess I'll kiss it and raise it. Uh, in, in the air with both hands, I guess. Yeah. But he said it was that moment that he knew he was going to play for Coach Meyer. Mm. Here's what happened the coach transformed his message into money, mm. right? It ended up, yeah, you know, Elliot playing for Ohio State resulted in more money for the school, more money for Coach Meyer, and more money for Elliot, who went on to the NFL. So there was something about his message, though, something specific about his message that separated him from the 39 other coaches that wanted Elliott's services, Right. So, so here's the question. Right. What can you do that Myers did to transform your message to money? That's the question for the viewer right now. And Ted, this is the part of the show where we just need people's undivided attention, right? So if, if you're driving right now and you happen to be listening to this, this is where you just want to pull over to the side of the road. Just, just pull over to the side of the road. Yeah, If you're in the gym and, and you're on the elliptical, this is where you want to hit the pause button. <laughs> so, not, so not bench pressing. Right. Not
1: doing pull down.
2: Don't be a dumbbell. Don't be a dumbbell. Put it down.
1: Don't be a dumbbell. Put it down. Put it down.
0: Right, (laughs) exactly. Put the bench press in in a little holder thing. There you go.
2: The holder thing, Eric is at the gym a lot. We can hear that (laughs) in that holder thing.
0: That's right. The holder thing. There you go. And the reason I'm laughing, I'm cracking up for those of you that are listening because Ted is doing the elliptical thing. It's hilarious. (laughs) So, again, we need your undivided attention. Ted, is there anything else that people should do so we can have their undivided attention? You don't know by now. Put the ham sandwich down. That's right. Eat the ham sandwich throughout this part. This is the time where you put the ham sandwich down. Listen up. Put the ham sandwich down. So, the question on the floor is what can you do that he did to transform your message to money? Mm. Okay, here we go. Begin your message. With the bottom line in mind. Mm. Let me say it again. Begin your message with the bottom line in mind. Mm. That's good. See, so, see, so here's the thing. Like, I, I have no way to prove this, Jane. I don't know this for sure, but I believe that the other 39 coaches. They may have been like most of the entrepreneurs that you encounter, right? They were boring, confusing, and inconsistent. Mm. And, and that's where that's where they missed out.
2: And, and the other thing, I'm sure, they talked about the features, as we say, the features of what was going to be in their future rather than the ultimate outcome or the ultimate benefit. And that's another big mistake. Entrepreneurs make it all the time. They're going to tell about how many practices, what it's going to look like, what their locker or where their locker is, how they're going to get tutored. Forget it. It's about what's the greater outcome that everyone will experience.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you you think about it. I mean, he he saw himself winning the national championship and he started with that. And and his response was, you know what? I'm going here (laughs) because I'll be winning the national championship. So no, that, that's the key. There's a lot of lessons we can pull out of that. Um, so, so I'm, I'm going to introduce our guest because she helps entrepreneurs to begin their message with the bottom line in mind so they can connect, capture, and close their ideal clients.
1: Hmm.
0: She uses, if you can't tell already, she uses a straightforward and big-hearted style she guides thousands to transform their message to money from any platform with her speak to profit formula and core communication system. Mm. With decades of successful speaking and coaching, and perhaps most important of all, real life experience founding and running multi million dollar businesses, she appreciates that success is truly about the power of your message. With nearly 30 years of sales success as a corporate executive and entrepreneur, she brings you everything you need to take advantage of the most powerful marketing tool around to make money. Powerful. It's powerful. That's right. With a
1: last name like powers. Oh, it's nothing. Gonna be, it's gonna be it's gotta be powers. It's
2: <laughs> and gotta look be at that middle initial, Jane M. Powers. That's we're, right. We're not messing around today, people. This is not. This is not your everyday message. That's what I'll tell you.
0: I'm telling you. I like how you did belt. that. I like. I like how you did that, Jane. Absolutely, fasten your seatbelt. Please welcome to the thirty-minute hour podcast, Jane M. Powers.
2: We need that background. We need the crowd noise.
1: <laughs> one day, one day, Eric. We're gonna do the wave.
2: That'd be good. Three, a three-person. Come on, Jane. Come on, Jane. Come on, Jane. Do the wave. Yeah, just let. Now, Do Eric. It,
1: Eric. Eric. Thank you, Eric. You can't mess up the wave with three. There's, like, there's always that one person in the crowd is not paying
2: attention. <laughs> it's one guy. They're sitting I'm there not, with their I'm hot not, dog.
1: I'm not doing the wave no. for now. I, I don't care. You can wrap around this stadium 50 times. I
0: refuse. Hot dog and
2: beer. They're not doing it. That's like, it. I will
0: not participate. <laughs> But but before we really get into the meat of it, I want to talk to you because you work with people, helping them with their speaking message. I, I just think it's so critical, like how you start your presentation, because people remember like the first things you say, they remember the last things you say. So can you can you touch on that a little bit?
2: Yes, because it drives me absolutely crazy. So I will apologize in advance to all the listeners. I'm gonna we we don't have a lot of time to fix the things you're doing wrong. So I'm going to give it to you straight and direct. And please don't be offended if you're listening. You're thinking, boy, she's, you know, she, yes, I'm really direct because you are making these mistakes. I, almost, I can promise you. So Eric demonstrated it beautifully. Eric used a, what I call a wow factor never hit a platform never hit a platform and go oh hi ted eric so great to have you i love all your guests thank you i loved it we don't care we have enough time to give the you know appreciation and hellos and you know oh bob thanks for having me here we don't care about that the second you hit any platform you must wow your audience now i'll give you an example what i do any stage that I hit any platform, it's a little different virtually, but I do this from live platforms. I go on, I look at my watch. I look at the crowd. I don't say a word. And I sit there and I look at my watch again. And then I say, seven seconds, seven seconds, your mind has made a thousand computations about me. NYU did a study. Then I go on. What people are thinking is like, oh, I had one guy tell me, he said, the minute you stood on that stage in front of 600 people and didn't say a word. I knew I was in the midst of a pro. You want people to say, that's no ordinary speaker and lean in. So you wanna start with a wow factor. That can be anything. It could be a story. It's not about you. Cause I hate to say this, nobody cares about your story. Unless, it, unless they know you, then they care about your story. Then they're like, oh man, that, that sucks to be you. I'm with you because I feel my story. See, people only care about their own stories. We care about our story. We've got to have our story relate to the audience. So wow factor. Come out with a quote. Come out with a story. I I have tons of stories that I use in my arsenal. I'll change it up a bit. And it just people sit back and they go, take me on a journey.
0: Mm. You know, it's funny you mention that. One of my uh, mentors is a guy named Ed Tate. And that was his thing. Like, he would come out and his first, he would, he would, he taught me this. He, he would come out and just stand there for the first three seconds or four seconds. And it just drew you in. And yeah. kind of, like, what's he doing? What, what's he about to say? Oh, my goodness. But he's got everybody. I know
2: Ed Tate, actually. What's I that? Know Ed Tate. Okay. I believe I know Ed Tate. If it's the same Ed Tate.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or or at least a guy named Ed Tate, but there you is you
2: know, I could have just made it up just to connect with Eric. It's a powerful thing to do. Eric was like, Really? Yeah,
1: he was like, Okay, okay, okay. Eric was like, We're really, okay. look, look, Eric like, We're really, he's not really my mentor. I just read something about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just made up the name to protect the innocent, but yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. one <laughs> thing that is so key. Also, don't start speaking until the entire audience is engaged. I see people go on stage, they start talking and, you know, half the rooms still talking away. Now you command that room. I'll tell you my very first speaking experience. So my career actually started in the prison, which <laughs> explains a lot. Um, and, and I was in front of 200 juvenile delinquents. And I had no self-esteem. I was just out of college and I had to capture their attention. That's where the wow factor 832 years ago was invented, was when I stood in front of that room thinking they're gonna eat me alive. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna gobble me up in one full swoop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But no, I just think that's so critical that you know everybody's conscious of how they start their yeah. presentation. Um so, so let's roll back the clock. I want I want people to really understand the full picture of how you got to this point. Let's start with your childhood. What did you want to be when you grew up?
2: <laughs> Alive. OK. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I did. I grew up in a bit of a complicated family and, and it was. It was a miracle that I'm here today, by the right. way. Here's a shameless plug. My book is coming out May 26. You guys have to get it. But anyhow, um you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to be an FBI agent. Hmm. That's I wanted to be an FBI agent. I wanted to, I wanted to do all kinds of drug busts and everything. I just wanted to enjoy, you know, utilizing some of my abilities to be able to serve. So that that that's my final answer.
0: Hmm. Interesting. FBI agent. Wow. And, and so if, if you could go back to that time, because obviously your path took a completely different route. Like if you could go back to that time, knowing what you now know, what advice would you give to yourself?
2: I still give it to myself today. It doesn't matter if it was years ago. The biggest thing that I know that happens to individuals is we become very human. What that means is we bring our past with us, we have our programming that's in our mind that says, I, you know, I wanted to be an attorney. Also, I thought it'd be a great path in college to be an attorney and then be an FBI agent. It felt like a good fit. And I went home to my father. I remember like any good <clears throat> planning it was about my senior year, second semester. I decided, hey, I should go to college. And I went to my father and I said, I'm going to be an attorney. I'm going to go to law school. And he said, you know, you're not that bright. <laughs> you're dumb, but man, you're a good athlete. Why don't you go be a PE major? Go be a PE teacher. And in my mind, I went, you know what? I was the first one to sit down in the spelling bee. I didn't do very well in school. So my, my program said, you can't accomplish that. And I went to college. <clears throat> I went for PE, but I didn't graduate with PE. It was therapeutic recreation. It sounds much more glamorous, but nonetheless, I will go back to my past self and give the advice that what was told to us is not always true. Sometimes the the deliverers of the message are a bit broken or they're a bit afraid of stepping out of their comfort zone. So what I would give the advice is do whatever you set your mind to, which I really have. But the biggest part of that is don't worry and fear while you're doing it, because everything always works out. Everything always works out.
0: Hmm. Oh, that, that's great. So so did you, it sounds like, so for a moment, was there a moment where you actually internalized it and said, well, you know, I'm not that bright. So it sounds like you internalized that for a moment.
2: Oh, not a moment, for a lifetime. Hmm. I, I hate this. I mean, I have done more personal development ever since, gosh, when I, you know, going back to my college days and I worked in the prison drug and alcohol treatment centers, I was a counselor for sexual abuse. Um, I did interventions, prevention, you name it. I was working the front lines because that was my life. I grew up in the front lines. You know, we tease and I I was teasing before the show saying I'm originally from Chicago because it sounds much cooler than saying from Naperville. I mean, I grew up the brokest kid in the country club. We had the money, but emotionally we were broke. We were, we were spent. There was more dysfunction in that family. And the programs, and I'm telling you right now, the programs that we grew up with still run our business today. Unless we are constantly, which I stay very on high alert to make sure that my past isn't running my future. Because just the human side of our nature, we are programmed in what was told to us or what we've told ourselves. Most people have imposter syndrome. Most people think, I can't charge that. Nobody's going to really value that. I have created three multi-million dollar businesses. I don't say that to brag. I say that because I'm like, people, if I can do it with the thinking, I am. my sister told me I was fat, dumb, and stupid my whole life. And that... That was just the more empowering stories, the more inspiring stories. But when when you go through life, I don't care if it's just you moved your senior year of high school, if you don't reprogram the mind to say, I am, and then decide what that I am is, you will literally run your business. So I've created those businesses. I have because I'm competitive, I played every sport on the planet. So I had that competitive mentality. So my next book coming out, Revealing the Missing Piece, is for survivors of trauma and abuse. And I have created businesses. I have coached in some of the biggest organizations with top-notch individuals. My book is coming out May 26th. And do you know what I do? I sit here and doubt who's going to read it. Who am I to think that I can change how survivors fast track and hack the healing process? Mm-hmm. I doubt, and, and I look back in my rear view mirror and I look and I go, look at where you came, look at what you have done. But still there's that program that says, "Well, you're probably not that big of a deal. That's mm-hmm. why I tell everybody, I'm a damn big deal. I'm a pretty big deal. Start telling everybody you're a big deal because those rumors get back to you. It's really fun when you hear it. You go, oh, I am. So who said that? I did. <laughs> I started that rumor.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean you said something I thought it was profound. Your past, I may mean, you have to make sure that your past isn't running your future.
2: Yeah, and no. if you don't evolve your story, you will never evolve your success. Hmm. And, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, I was a multi-million dollar producer in real estate. And if you remember, ah, uh, two thousand eight, like it was yesterday. I like to say I slept like a baby. <laughs> I woke up every two hours and cried. That market <laughs> killed me. That market, I was riding the wave, and it crashed out beneath me. I only cried for I don't know two years, and then <laughs> an email came across. Oh, just
1: two years, I cried.
2: <laughs> I bounced back. I bounced back fast, and an email came across and said, be a spiritual life coach. And it was a, a, someone that I had been following. And through my tears, I said, yes, I will be that. I will be that. And I started I started my work as a spiritual life coach. And I did mostly mindset. But I found people wanted to zen. And I wanted people to zen at 832,000 miles an hour. We, that's what you have to do when you're in business. You can't fix who you are in order to have the success. Because I'm sorry, not until I lay my head down for the last time will the work be done in this system. It it is a, I always say I'm a masterpiece in progress and I've been at it a very long time, but evolving your story, that's what brings about success. If If you're still, if you're making excuses, if you are finding reasons that you're procrastinating, right, Eric, you know this, procrastination, it's merely not doing what you need to do to evolve to the level that you desire. And if you don't evolve to that level, it's your own fault. It's because you're buying into what someone told you, what you told yourself enough times, because the only reason our thoughts become so concrete and a bad habit is we repeat it enough times. We just repeat it over and over again. And then we're like a magnet. Everything we don't want Comes to us because that's just the way the subconscious mind works. Especially,
0: especially, you know how you mentioned the I am statement? Especially, I find when people say, I am always late or I am just a procrastinator, that I am statement, you're basically saying that this is my identity. Uh,
2: absolutely. And that's yeah. and and that's why I, I look at it. And anything you're saying, I am now. The bigger piece is there's there's the other other you know side of that coin. You can have all these post-its throughout your house. I am amazing. I am wonderful. I am fabulous. Doggone it, people like me. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, God, you're a fat slob. And man, you don't do anything. You're lazy. Good for nothing. It's the words mean nothing unless internally the feelings. Are the, are the supercharged, like that's the fuel. The emotions are supercharged. So you can sit there and say, I am a millionaire. I am successful. And inside you feel so less than, that's the dominant, that is the dominant message going out and bringing you back exactly what you desire.
0: Wow. Yeah, so, so we're here, again, it's not your everyday podcast. We're here talking to Gene M. Powers, for those of you that just logged on uh, to Facebook, or YouTube, or Instagram, or one of the places that you're watching this from right now. Uh, so you were working in corporate America at one point. right? So talk about like what steps did you take to transition from somebody that was working in corporate to now you're starting all these companies?
2: I, I love this question <laughs> because I wish it was a choice. I, I wish it had been a choice. I never in my lifetime wanted to be an entrepreneur. Never. Wow. Uh, 20, how many, I'm going on about 25 years of being an entrepreneur. I never wanted to be. I wanted a consistent paycheck. I didn't want to have to work that hard. When I worked with corporations, I'd work about four hours a day. I'd play basketball for two hours. I'd go back, check in at the office, and then i go out biking. So I didn't want to work that hard. It just wasn't in the cards for me. And I, uh, I'd like to say I volunteered and moved on from a few careers. So I've had 25 and a half career adjustments, we determined, uh, some voluntary, some <laughs> involuntary. So the way that I became a, a an entrepreneur, I've always been a professional speaker. I've been speaking forever and a day. It's it's just, I love, I love that. But what happened was I ended up, I had a meeting at 445 on a Friday. Now, I may not be a rocket scientist, but I know if you're getting called to a meeting at 4:45 on Friday with the entire management team, crap's going down. That's all I know.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so it's I not quickly, looking good. It's
1: not looking good. It's
2: no, looking it's, good. It, that's when you put that ham sandwich down. Put it down. <laughs> you don't have an appetite. But <laughs> I, I printed out. I knew there was going to be five managers there, and I printed out my resignation. And that was on Friday. On Monday, I went to real estate school. And, you know, I anything that is in my path, I will do my best to either find a way around it or I'll, I'll just move through it, annihilate it in any way I can. And I went one week, had my real estate license and the first year became a multimillion dollar producer. And I spent time doing that until the market crashed, like I said. And then when I decided <laughs> I gotta do something because I am so unemployable. Like once you're an entrepreneur you're screwed. You're right. You, you don't nobody like you do it best. We all know this and yeah. nobody should tell you. Here's the greatest risk of being an entrepreneur that isn't fully invested in their success and truly in their power. And and I've allowed this to happen a number of times. They allow their agenda to be hijacked. Mm. And I'm telling you I'm a I am just a a person that I highly recommend when you are stepping into working with someone, I have a lot of people that hire me, obviously, as a coach, I write their talks, I create their business, I help them with sales. But what I never want anyone to do is put me at a higher level than them. Because I'm going to tell you, I will fall down every time. I will be the reason someone this year fails in business. Mm. Because I'm not that great of a coach. No, because i'm i'm the easy target if someone is procrastinating not doing what they need to be doing i will be that reason so one thing is so important do not do not let yourself be hijacked your agenda how you operate do not become one of the sheep that is in the herd because the minute you do here's the truth i believe true success is when everyone's going everyone's going left and you go right that's that is someone who will always be successful if someone tells me to sit down I'm thinking I'm going to stand up like I just just because you told me sit down I am standing up so everybody goes left I'm going right that's how we need to run our business so when someone hires me I ask them what's the best way for us to partner in your business hmm. But most people hand off their power because they they have a story they're running. Well, I'm not smart enough. I don't know it enough. I don't have enough experience. Who cares? Create your own means by which you do your success. Yeah. You're not a template. You're not a sheet. Don't don't let someone hijack your, your business and who you are.
0: So, so I do want to circle back a little bit. So it sounds like when you were in corporate America, things were going well for you. Right. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine that you were a flacker. So this had to be like a complete shock.
2: Well, no. <laughs> and here's why. So I, I was in the employment industry. I was a turnaround specialist. I was with Stivers for 11 years. Oh, God rest his soul. Charlie Segrist knew how to manage me. He said, where do you want to go? We need help over here. Go, Go make us some money. And he would let me loose and I would go make some money. And then I'd say, I'm bored. And he'd go, "Okay, we need you over here. So he knew how to keep it interesting. When managers started to manage me, I started to push back because I was thinking, wait a minute, I'm making you millions. Why do you want to change how I'm doing this? So Charlie, the owner, would call the manager and say, leave her alone. Don't anybody manage Jane. Just leave her alone. I'm making him millions of dollars, millions upon millions. So he knew how to operate. But anytime I would get, and and this is part of what's my struggle, I would look at things. I have an eye for business. I do not know where I got it, but I have an eye for business. If I see a structural weakness or I see some type of, you know, um, lead gen sales, something that's going wrong. I speak up and I want to support that and change that when there's a system operating. And, you know, remember when that book, this is dating me, who moved my cheese, yeah. remember that book, who moved my cheese. People don't even, they don't don't, I don't care about the cheese. Give me a desk, give me what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just going to, I'll march with the rest of the sheep. And so I wasn't a sheep. I I, I couldn't be. People that could embrace my free spirit—that's what I like to call it—and my ability to make money, we got along great. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, I tend to be a little bit of a rebel. I, 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 I as you can no. tell, no, I know, I, I know Ted. You I can see
0: that. No, I find I, that shocking.
1: Shock.
2: I'm bringing out my inner rebel as we speak. <laughs> but I, you know, I found my voice. I'm telling you, you guys, if you would have known me years and years ago, you would you would sit there and go, this is not the same person. I was the invisible kid. I never spoke up. I did not want to be seen or heard. And when I started dealing with my past, I started dealing with my life. I went on the Oprah Winfrey show. So that's probably a pretty big way of opening up and showing people uh, now I got to speak up. So I revealed my truth in that. And then I had no choice but to live in my power, and that's through speaking up and my voice. So once I found my voice, you couldn't shut me up, as you can tell.
0: <laughs> so, so you were on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Let me in the studio,
2: that. let me correct that. It wasn't on there. They invited me to be on the show, and I, I said I, I, I was, didn't.
1: No, I was, wa- I was watching the Oprah Winfrey Show back in that <laughs> day, <Trend. laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, I was actually in we were in the studio audience, and then after they called me and asked me to come to the show, and I said, never in your wildest dreams. And and this was back in the day prior to Oprah having her healing and breakthrough. Um, and I said I would never because the way that you treated the individuals in that studio audience was re victimizing them. And I spent about an hour and a half on the phone with her producers and director to coach them because that was the work I was doing, how to work with survivors. And I gave them, they said, please, please at least then come down and be in the audience. And I said, no. And they said, at least watch because she will put everything you have given us, all the lines into the show. And she actually did. So yeah, yeah I felt like that was my sort of my secret, my my secret Santa, my secret helper where I made a difference for individuals. And that's what put me on the mission to say, you know what? No more. I'm not, you know, people don't have to sit back and take what is coming at them. They get to speak up, set limits and boundaries and stand firm in who they are.
0: Wow, so so how did you get to the point where you're talking on this topic of using public speaking to you know, monetize it? and that way. How did you get to that point?
2: Uh, as I said, I've been a professional speaker for years, for over 30 years. And my work, Revealing the Missing Piece, which is now my book, but I wanted to do retreats on that, which was for survivors. Right. And I I mean, I'm advertising, I'm promoting, I'm marketing the crap out of this thing. And I'm like, one in three women, one in four men have been sexually abused to a certain degree by the age of 18, who's in <laughs> no one mm-hmm. no one back in the day was raising their hand It this was pre me too movement pre um hashtag uh, whatever you know um uh, one billion rising um epstein all this it was prior to this you know entire thing blowing up and i thought gosh why do i want to do that work and and it's to assist individuals in finding their voice so reprogram their past to find their voice in whatever you want to do. Be a CEO. Be a, a stay-at-home. You know, mom, dad, whatever. It doesn't matter. Be an entrepreneur. And I started thinking and thinking. Okay, if it's about your voice, you know, a little light bulb went on, and I'm like, I've been professional speak a, a professional speaker for years. Mm-hmm. When I stand from stage, I'm telling you or any platform, you can make a difference. So as a spiritual life coach, that was my, you know, it was just like, it hurt so bad in my heart because I really wanted to do that work. And then people are like, you're not speaking at spiritual centers. You're not speaking at churches. How are you making so much money? How are you so successful? I'm like, I don't know. I just speak and then I sell. They're Mm -hmm. like, you should probably make that your business. Mm -hmm. And so that's where speak with confidence, sell with authority came it came to life. And then I started, I was a, became a speaking and sales coach. And now, you know, you do it so much, you become a, a, a business strategist with the emphasis on speaking in sales, but, you know, online course creation, whatever it is. Um, you know, I train people how to be on podcasts effectively and, and, you know, how to, how to be able to, you know, I, I'm just a podcast. Hell, I don't have my own podcast, but I'm, I'm on any one of them. <laughs> depends you get like I'm a, you've been on podcasts right where they don't they don't say much like you say something they go wow and you're like uh-huh next no
0: that, that's very interesting because there really isn't a whole lot of things out there on what what do you say on a podcast how do you handle it how do you host the podcast so no i, I think that's that that's truly needed. So you, you, in your bio, where you talk about, you know, the entrepreneurs being boring, confusing, and inconsistent, <laughs> what are some steps that people can take as they're doing their presentations to avoid that boring and confusing and inconsistent path?
2: Stop talking and start speaking. There's mm. a very big difference. Some people just love to talk. And you're thinking, oh, man, when when does this story end? So what when I say speaking, speaking brings value, inspires, but it also moves people into action. I, I mean, I don't care if it's your kids and you've got to get them to brush your teeth. You've got to be able to move them into action. But here's the very first way, the very first way I'm going to tell most people. Most people are teaching and people aren't learning from your teaching, they learn from your stories. So here's a practical way, and then I'm going to give you some of the background to that. The best way to do it, I learned this from my speaking coach, Glenna Salisbury, one of the best speakers from National Speakers Association. Yeah. yeah. You did not. I, did. I didn't really <laughs> meet Glenna. I read about Glenna. And no, Glenna is a very good friend of mine, wonderful woman. And Glenna, I don't know if it was, I think it was Glenna. It hadn't been, I'm giving her credit because I love her dearly. When you write your talk, take three highlighters. Highlight one color for stories, one color for facts, and one color for money seeding or moving people into action. She probably didn't have that one in there, but I do because that's what we do. So highlight your talk. If stories are pink and your entire talk is pink, you probably make some money. But you need some green in there. If you're in if orange are facts and your entire talk is orange, you're dead. Mm. The audience will forgive you for anything except being boring. Mm. So you've got to have a blend of stories. You've got to be real. That is the most significant. Now, if you're real and boring, <laughs> you might want to find someone else to speak for you. And and I've taken, oh, my God, chemist, physicist, and other uh, nerdologists. I have taken those individuals and turned them into entertaining speakers. Like, you've got to entertain, like I said, with stories, with personality, and with moving them into action. But the very first thing that you must do, we talked about this, wow factor. After the wow factor, immediately after the wow factor... Write this down, you've got to position me. <laughs> not me, Jane, you, position yourself. So when you're standing up there and you're like, the wow factor is knocking, like, everyone's leaning in. I love to use fun, wow factors, boring ones people are like, or intense ones, like, you know, 17 children die every three seconds in Arizona. Like, no, <laughs> don't, we don't want to hear that. It might be true, but, and don't quote me, because that was not, a, that, but it's pretty close. Um. You go into positioning me, right? Position me. I've created three multi-million dollar businesses. I've got a bump and you go through all everything that you've done. Guess what? People are sitting back going, whoa. They hear million. They hear, you know, turn profits around 240% in 11 months. They're thinking she knows what she's doing. Created. So position me. It is not a dis, it's not a lengthy story. It is bullet point, punch, punch, punch. Three multi-million dollar businesses turn profits around 240%, two best sellers, blah, you know, and a partridge in a pear tree. Then you must, please hear this. You must position them. Position your ideal audience. Position them. Please be nice about it. Now I can get away many times by saying most are boring, confusing, and inconsistent. Like, I don't say you are boring, confusing, and inconsistent because that's just plain old rude. Like I'll say most, and sometimes I point out there instead of pointing here, but most, and then I've had people come up to me and they're like, oh, I'm boring, confusing, and inconsistent. You're speaking to me. So I will most, many, and some. Those are wonderful words. Most are boring, confusing, and inconsistent. Some are closing deals from stage, but I'm going to tell you, they're not closing at the level they should. And you go through and you have the pain points. You're not going to move in your chair until your butt gets numb. Like you're like, well, I'm a little uncomfortable. We've got to make the ideal client uncomfortable. They've got to be able to go, oh my gosh, that's me. People by nature are in denial. I'll tell you, I used to do drug and alcohol uh, interventions. There'd be a dude with a needle in his arm, foaming at the mouth, no money, no phone, no family, no nothing, homeless, and we're saying, we're going to get you help. And he'd be like, "Now today isn't good. Like, this doesn't work for me today. And I'm like, dude, you're a goner. But most will sit back and say, I can't afford it. I can't invest I can't, not timing isn't good. You know, all of the objections people give. Those are just excuses. And I tell people, if you've got more than 10 excuses in your holster, if you have more than 10 excuses, please don't take this wrong. You should probably go back and get a J-O-B because if you're making excuses, I'm telling you right now, you're the only one that you are accountable to. And you're going to buy into your excuses. It's so convincing, right? You've heard people where I've had people, I do sales training. And I've had people where they're like, well, you're probably right. It might be too much. That's you. That's your excuse for you. You will never overcome an objection you agree with. You will never overcome an objection you agree with. If you feel broke, if you feel... Timing isn't right for you. You're gonna hear that all day long. People will be saying that all day long to you. And it becomes yeah, that's definitely hashtag exactly. But we buy into our own stories because we're convinced. So you've got to position me. I'm awesome. Because you only need to know two percent more than your audience. Don't I don't know where that came from. I may have made that stat up but it made me feel better from stage. I'd ask people questions. They're like, I don't know that. And I'm like, dang, then I am way, I am so pressure is off because I know 2% more than you. You want to command the stage, but first it starts with, I'm awesome. You're screwed. Now let's go into our content. That's essentially what you're doing. I, I was at a speaking gig one time, a couple hundred people in the room. I was about third way through. And I finally said, I said, you know, here's the bottom line, people. You are all epically screwed. They're high fiving each other. They're like, are you screwed? I'm so screwed. She's so right. That's what we you suck. Yeah, we <laughs> suck. We are so in trouble. And then, you know, credit cards are flying at you. That's what you want. You want them blinging credit cards. I had one gal came up to me, Molly Mahoney. Love Molly Mahoney, I spoke and I said, anybody who is a committed entrepreneur that will be successful, if they dig what I'm saying, you won't ask me how much I charge, you will walk up here and you will hand me a credit card. Molly Mahoney walked up, handed me a credit card, she said, charge it. And I said, done. It was it. That's and the woman is so successful. I'm telling you, when I was through my tears, decided to be a life coach, I was making $43,000 that year, 43,000. I wrote a check for 30,000. You do the math on that $30,000 because you know what? If you're not willing to roll the dice on yourself, nobody else will. I've written checks for $18,000 to stand on a stage for 15 minutes and I can't sell. But you know what I know? When I roll the dice on myself, I don't care what your belief system is. God, the universe does not matter. I believe that they're playing with loaded dice because I've always won at anything I've done. I've always won because I just have an innate belief that, and I, I'm a I'm I'm an outside I'm a, I'm a verbal processor, so I'll be like, Yeah, it's not gonna work. Nothing works for me. But inside. I have trained this system to know no matter what everything works out for you. No hmm. matter what.
0: No matter what everything works out. So y- your book that you have, I know you have a book that's coming out. Uh well, let's talk about the book that's coming out right now. Okay. Uh when's it coming out? What are people going to what are the, some of the key nuggets again that people are going to get from your
2: upcoming book? So This book is, I'm telling you, this is my life's work. When I I put my fist through a dorm room window and I felt like I was the craziest person. I didn't know what was going on inside. I was in a domestic violent um, relationship. It was my senior year of college. I felt just out of my mind. I I didn't know what was happening inside. Put my fist through a window, excuse me, started in therapy and proceeded to have therapy for Far too many years. I believe therapy is effective. What I did was I started depending upon therapy to work through my past. And what I didn't realize was that I didn't have to relive, reenact, refeel, rewound, put salt on the wound. I'm telling you, guys, I would come out of a session if I weren't ringing wet, puffy eyes, if I hadn't felt like I had just been in a cage fight. I didn't feel I got my money's worth. Mm. And I didn't realize it's the I am statement. I am, you know, all these things. So I started to work through my past and then went, wait a minute. I can shortcut this process because of where I am and have been for years. So in the book, it is for survivors of trauma Um sexual abuse, any type of abuse, and it was initially for survivors of sexual abuse. I have people reading it like crazy that had alcoholic parents that were in the military, PTSD. I have people that had you know minor trauma, like I said, moving their senior year. And what we do is we stay in our story or we suppress our story. The only way to to I think you guys say level up to success is to step up on top of your story. And that means you got to give it a kind glance. So what I do in the book is I teach individuals how to, it's like a healing hack, how to jump in to your past, take a kind glance and then fast track the crap that we bring with us in order to evolve your success. So there's, it's a workbook style. There's, you know, my story is in there just to give the living example of if you can live through this, Trust me, people, you can roll the dice on yourself all day long. So it'll go through some of the, um, to break through the denial. I love the, I love the one chapter, which is uh, victim no more, because many people run around victims. Well, life did this to me, and they said this to me. You know what? It, as long as you are playing victim to your circumstances, you'll never, you'll never get ahead. You'll never get beyond. You'll never get beyond who you are. I, you know, I, I look back and I think, I think it was about 16 years ago. I adopted a young man out of the projects, unofficially adopted, I do not really like kids, but I unofficially adopted
1: <laughs> this,
2: this kid out of the- I just let him
1: hang out around the house sometimes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> and he was, was 10 at the time. And I would tell him, I'm like, you know, I don't like kids, you become a thug. You, you know, his brother's been in, you know, prison five different times. And I told him, I said, you become a thug or a punk, you're done. We're, we're not we're not doing this. And I consistently helped him as I helped myself look at the circumstances as opportunities to be grateful in and grateful for everything that is happening. So then, you know, I look at him today and, and we laugh because he's 26 now, and he is an amazing, an amazing young man. And You know, sometimes he looks and he's like, well, why is life doing this to me? And I have to re-educate. You know, he didn't come from the best circumstances. Not everybody came from, you know, I'll tell you, I'm a little jaded, though. People be like, I had a great family. I'm like, nah, you tell me something. I'll find dysfunction in that family.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your your grandmother, she was a happy drink. Somebody in there.
2: Somebody did (laughs) something that that messed you up. (laughs) But the book is essentially, yeah, great. Your past was a gross inconvenience. That's what I say about my past. It was a gross inconvenience. But what I've done with it is I've moved it into the best way for you to make your mess your message and your message your money. That That's all there is to it.
0: Great. You know? And, and, and throughout the title for the book again and the release date and all that good stuff,
2: Revealing the missing piece. And it's P-E-A-C-E. So revealing the missing piece, because despite all my success, there was something missing. There was just something missing in there. And I'm telling you, once you move beyond that void, that that same damn story you tell about yourself, you'll be unstoppable. Oh, Isn't that part of what we talk about on this show? Damn, I'm good. I like, I like
1: See, do y'all see how she weave that in there? (laughs) I like how you I like how you how you think, Jane. I like how you think.
2: (laughs) See, I'm just I'm just seeding for everybody. But so it comes out May 26th. I'm gonna hit you guys up on LinkedIn, spread the word. I want it to be the go-to quintessential because no more, you know, staying in our story, no more victim to our circumstances. You know what? stuff happens in life and we've got to be able to you know it, it it's it's like it's like a tennis serving machine gone wild mm. especially with covid right i mean those balls are coming at you like wild and if you can't take that racket and defend yourself i'm sorry you're going to get clobbered and mm. life will clobber you if you lay down and play play victim to it So I'm like, you know, I describe it. I describe the way that I do my business, like Jon Snow with the Nightwalkers. I don't know if you were a Game of Thrones person, but I'll tell you, I'm slaying those Nightwalkers. Just I'm going to send it to you guys. Look at you two. You have not seen Game of Thrones.
1: Well, you know, I may have watched it like once. I may have watched it like once. I'm familiar with the show, but I've never really followed it. But I know exactly what you, I know about the show.
2: So that's how i describe it i'm John snow just slaying the night walkers look at we this is we've just the the we bridged the gap between all of us and now the birds just broke <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs> all right now that's that's something i haven't gotten into yet the game of Thrones. everybody talks about it that's
2: don't cute. fall in love with any character no really? Yeah. You know, they' they're all they all die <laughs> A couple don't. A couple don't. But don't don't get attached to anyone. Anyone.
1: Yeah. And you know, Eric. Sometimes you try to binge watch, but I don't know. It seems like that's been out for like ten years, so you'll be binge watching for forever to try to. Yeah, I'll never. Get,
0: I'll never get caught up. I'll just. <laughs> I just need to pick an episode and just start from where I am. And just go. Just go with it. what I know. All right. So we are about to go around the horn. And Jane, this is Ted's favorite part of the show. This is where we each give a parting thought to leave the people with based off of the theme of the show. And that's a parting thought that's going to help them to become unstoppable. So Jane, you being the guest of honor, we'll have you go first. What is your parting thought?
2: My parting thought is find your voice. In your voice is your power. In your power, you can do absolutely anything Don't play nice. Don't say yes when you mean no. Don't, you know, be direct, be straightforward. I'm going to tell you, I learned everything I know in business from playing basketball with men. Everything I know in business came from hitting the courts with men, because I'll tell you, I played basketball with women. I played Division One basketball. I played hockey. I played I played every sport. And the women would get mad at me and they take it personally. I'm like, I'm just intense. So I go play basketball with guys. You you guys are interesting. You're an interesting breed. We can knock the crap out of you. You can say the, the rudest things. You can say just about anything. Hit you where you hit, hit below the belt. And afterwards, you're inviting me out to lunch. You're like, hey, you want to come to lunch? I'm like, you don't hate me? Like, what? I, I didn't get it. And what it allowed me to do, because sometimes I'd say things or they say things to me, and i go home and cry a little because I was hurt. And I thought, oh, my, that's what we do in business. We're, we're not standing I'm I'm a point guard, people. You got to run the show. When I got, after a week of being in the gym, I was running four courts, four courts, all men, only woman, only woman in that gym because I found my voice. I positioned myself as the authority in that gym and I'm telling you, you do that, you will run anything you desire, but you got to speak up, you got to stand up and you got to be strong. That's it.
0: Hmm. Find your voice. That's powerful. Let me tell you something. I don't have to follow
1: I don't have to follow that at all, Eric, cuz I mean, you need to have Jane Powers on your team or Jane Jane Powers mentality. Because I mean, you know, I'm if I'm in a bar fight, I want to take a Jane Powers because you're so believable and so convincing, and I can see how, you know, that could can help. You know, especially in uh in sales, right? Just you know, like you said, you know, first just being, you know, kind of you know, kind of positioning yourself, you know, just kind of going in there and just feeling, you know, confident in you that you, you know, that you that you're supposed to be here. And then, you know, letting others know that that they need you and what it is that you have to to provide. I mean I, I think that right there really tells tells a lot because you know you know in being in business for twenty plus plus years since I was five years old, I you know I just know that that you know just a lot of it is just attitude, right? There's so many other companies that you know and individuals that can do it. Right. but you have to be able to go in and convince them to want to do it you know and, and and use your services and it comes in with a certain level of confidence and you know being able to you know make that make that connection and you know and I think that everything that you've been sharing today I mean again it's been so just so believable I'm sitting here listening to you you know talking about basketball and I'm like, man like, we talking to you know some uh, NBA WNBA superstar or NBA superstar. I mean, I told you, Jane.
2: <laughs> Why did I know you were gonna ask that? I so knew that was coming. I, I'm all of 5'4 soaking wet. Like honestly, I, I, I'm not that. I'm not that big, but I'll tell you. You know, I love what you said. Was be you mm-hmm. like that? When I we do our three-day events, uh, three days, three and a half days, I'm just me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not that bright to be someone else. And mm-hmm. I mean, and then this is not to brag, but I want to bring this home. If you are yourself and you are bold and you are true to who you are, we close 760000 $840,000 our last two events, three days. That's not a bad payday. In, in within six you know six months of of time of each other, that's not a bad payday, and it's not because oh my god she's so great and sneaky at sales. Here's how I sell from stage. Here's the deal, people. This is the sales portion of our event. I'm going to be selling you. You're going to find your credit card. You choose to give it to us or not. So Ted, when you said be you, that is all. That's all. I mean, I that's the key to everything. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Can you, can you go back over that again you said you closed how much your last two events I I think we might have missed that
2: uh, well pre-covid please understand this pre-covid um we closed 760,000 and then we did 6 months later we did another event and we closed 840,000 wow People, do you know, I I mean, I I have a blast. Like, I'm just in the flow. I'm in a zone for three days. And then when I tell, you know, we do the sale and we, you know, people are doing, the team is doing all this. And they ask me, do you want to know, do you want to know what we closed? And I say, nope. I will not ask what we closed until two days, sometimes three days after the event. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know. I don't care. Mm -hmm. What I care about is... Did I give my best? Did I give my all? Did I leave it all on that stage? Did I serve at the highest level? Because if I have too high of an attachment to the outcome, my my participation is it's it's divided. High participation, low attachment to the outcome. So people, they're like, God, I want to tell you. And I'm like, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. And we only have, I mean, I hate to say this. We only have about 115 people in the room. We're not working with 800 people. We're working with 115 and we're closing, you know, three quarters of a million dollars. And and it's, and it's, I'm telling you, it's about trusting in what you have and trusting that you can serve at the highest level. That's all it's about. The higher level of service the higher level of success. But if you don't believe and you're still living in your past, I'm t- sorry, your story is going to dictate your future, whether it's your money story, your family story, your I'm too fat, dumb, stupid, too old, too young, too short, too tall, too white, too black, too whatever. If you stick in that story, you will stay in it forever. Wow.
1: That's no, that, yeah. that, that, that that's powerful because I think so, you know, so many people, it's this, you know, I always tell people, I said, the easiest thing in the world to do is to do nothing, right? So if you can find a way to just do nothing because I'm too uh, enter whatever, right, in this blank space, then, yeah, you're definitely going to just stay stuck. You're not going to, you know, achieve the, the greatness that you, you know, just you, that you can't. Yeah. So, no, this is great. But I definitely would love to see you on the basketball court out here running court because I just think, I could just see you as just this mad person dribbling all over the place and just, you know, fouling people and everything, just being like like rebounding and just doing sneaky
2: fouls. Sneaky fouls, though. It's all sneaky (laughs) fouls. You know, I you know I I actually took I played one on one. Jerry Sloan. You have to know Jerry Sloan. Yeah. I I worked his basketball camp, so I worked his basketball camps. Uh, And you may not. Artist Gilmore. I played with Chet Lemon, who was a White Sox player. I had no idea. He introduced himself. He's like, I'm Chet Lemon. I'm like, great, I'm Jane Powers. And he's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, no, I just thought we were using last names. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I remember I, I was Rajah uh, Bell. I was showing him some real estate property. And uh, I was teasing. I'm like, dude, I'll take you one hand tied behind my back. And he's laughing. he's like, who are you, little girl?
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So we're going around the horn and like when you talk about finding your voice and just you talk about some people are kind of like sheep it reminds me of like one of my favorite quotes uh, and it's about the unreasonable man and the reasonable man and here's how it just really it just came to mind how like the reasonable man is trying to adapt the world is trying to adapt to the world but the unreasonable man is trying to adapt the world to himself. And mm. therefore all progress is made by the unreasonable man. Mm. And I, wow. I thought about that, you know, it, it's, it's all, and it, it boils down to your mindset.
2: Mm. Yep. I, I told. that's, that's the reason 25 career adjustments. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. Wow>. right. <laughs> right. You were, you are adapting the world to you.
2: Trying, trying. Either I had major control issues or I was trying to be great.
1: <laughs> you know, we have a we have a comment here from a Amber Swaley Nick and she says you can't stay stuck when you hang out with Jane.
2: <laughs> that is one of my, <laughs> my clients. She's an amazing woman. This is this is a young woman who went from crying in the front of the room to now commanding platforms like you wouldn't believe.
0: Amazing. That's great. And then Denise Powers says that you're one of a kind, for sure.
2: <laughs> Some say that's a good thing. <laughs> Some say, oh, thank goodness they broke that mold.
0: <laughs> awesome. And we got Amber says, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she agrees with what you're saying. So that's that's right. right. That's right. All right. Well, cool. So Jane, how can our followers best connect with you?
2: So uh, obviously, there's a number of ways you can get a hold of me. I am a household name.
1: I <laughs> know
2: that's right. <laughs> that's, I mean, I mean, because I, I tell people that, right? So right. good rumors. So here's what I here's what I want to do because I, I didn't we didn't talk a lot about my intromercial. That is your very first step. That's your door opener, your deal closer, the intromercial, trademark patented because it is just that epic. It's how do you ditch your elevator pitch? So you're like, mm, I help. Well, we don't I help you sound like a volunteer. So you're going to want to say entrepreneurs, hire me. Organizations, hire me. So I have a formula that in 17.5 seconds, you're going to turn heads. I, I started my very first intromercial. I deliver it to a young woman. Who was a cancer coach? I delivered it to her 17.5 seconds. My closing line was, Hop on a call with me. Let's see how I can support you. Got her on a call 20 minutes later. She bought a $24,000 package. So in 20 minutes, 17.5 seconds, we're closing 24,000. I promise you, this formula will change how you are networking, how you're entering into a podcast situation. So if you go to your speaker, successkit.com your speaker successkit.com that won't only give you the script on how to get booked either on podcasts or stages or associations or meetings but it will also walk you through with a video the entire intromercial formula like that people are knocking down the door to get their formula because it it's it's a game changer it makes a huge difference in you doing business. And I love this because I do a lot of training. And if we'll go, you'll be at a network and everybody's like, entrepreneurs, hire me, parents, hire me. And people are like, look at Jane, that's your stamp is all over our organization. So leave. I'm telling you, people will lean in. There's brain science behind it. It is a unbelievable sales pitch without people even knowing. So your speaker success kit. You can also go to janempowers.com. I've got events. You can stalk me. We're doing masterminds. We're doing a lot of different things. Just don't spam me. I'll spam you. I will spam you. Do not spam me.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So yourspeakersuccesskit.com.
2: Yep. Yep. And if you really fell in love with me, just email me, private message, jane at janempowers.com. Just can't right. get enough of my name, huh? Please. <laughs> People are like, oh, plain Jane. I'm like, yes, pretty close.
0: Wow. <laughs> I'm a fan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this has been an excellent episode of the 30 Minute Hour podcast. We definitely want to thank Jane M. Powers for being our guest and sharing what she shared. And she really dropped some serious nuggets. I mean, they, they, she said like 15 things that were tweetable. <laughs> So so those of you that just joined at the last possible minute, you're going to have to go back and rewind to hear all of the tweetable nuggets that she shared. Uh, And speaking of sharing, don't forget to share the show. Share the show. Absolutely. Don't keep it to yourself. I mean, you know, you laugh, you know, you learn and you leveled up, right? So why not share that information with somebody else who could benefit? And don't forget, you can check us out. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on all those other places. You can watch us live here on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and all these other uh, Instagram 30 minute hour shout out there. That's our show for this week. Until next week, have a great one.